0: one just don't quit like i promise if you're consistent like things will come i think sometimes people forget i've been on instagram since the day it came out and i was posting Every single day since then. So it's not like one day I woke up and I just had this, you know, brand and these things. It's like I've been doing this for a lot of years. And I think maybe this might not be your exact path. Like this isn't going to be your end goal, but figure out kind of think bigger and think what's your bigger overall goal. And then you can start, you know, spreading it across other sort of maybe Instagram, YouTube. There are so many other kind of platforms out there. And if you can kind of see where, how else you can bring
1: value to those within your same idea like that, you'll find a group. Welcome to the influencer podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon. If you found yourself here, it means you are ready to unleash the powerful visionary that lives inside you, turning you into an authentic leader who creates influence, impact and change. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. Really excited to share today's episode with you because we have the one and only Teza on the podcast today. Now, if you don't know who Teza is, let me introduce you quickly. She really, in my eyes, is kind of an Instagram icon. She is a photographer, a musician, she's an author, she is the founder of the Teza app, and she is also the founder of Bytezza, You may know her from her collage kits or from her uber-famous presets. She really is the person who, at least I remember a few years ago, they kind of set the stage and the scene for presets and how content creators, bloggers, and influencers use photography presets on social media. She really not only kind of blew presets up and kind of put them on the map, she was the first one to really curate a look and feel that is truly and uniquely her own. And if you know who Tezza is, then you know what I'm talking about. The way that her photos look and the way that her presets look. You can notice them from like a mile away. She also has a lot to share about this industry, about not only cultivating influence and growing an audience and growing a community, but really curating services and products around your brand to actually make a business and how she does it all. So I am so excited to bring her on today. Let's welcome Tezza. Hi, Tezza. Hi, how are you? I am so good. It is so great to have you here with us today.
0: Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited.
1: I am too, because you are one incredible human being, an incredible entrepreneur and creative, and you are one that so many of our listeners have been really, really eager to hear more from on the show. So I'm really excited that you're here and excited to dive into all things. Well, that's really sweet of you. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Okay. So right out the gate, I would love to know what does influence mean to you?
0: That's such a good question. You know, I think that it's so weird, because I got into this industry before even that word was being used. And so Mm -hmm. the word means meant something else to me before, I guess, than it does now. But you know, something I think there's so much influence out there. and, And the word really kind of to me always meant something that just like inspired and like provoked something in me and kind of made a change. And I think that's like, I still really resonate with that.
1: So share a little bit about that journey that you just had mentioned that you were kind of doing this influencer thing before Mm -hmm. it was even a thing. Can you kind of walk us through when that was, what really kind of called you to step into this type of new wave of entrepreneurship and how that has evolved for you as you've grown as a creative and as as a person and as an influencer and all those things
0: yeah i mean a little bit about my background i mean i grew up you know in a super creative home both my parents are entrepreneurs, so I guess that concept wasn 't very new to me um, something I just learned and and watched, which I feel really lucky for. but you know, I started my own photography business when I was sixteen, and so that was really my first job and i I never actually necessarily worked for anyone. I just learned how to, you know, work with people. And that I think I learned so much right then and there, being so young. From there I kind of like, you know, evolved. I was always blogging and I was doing music and, and all of these things. And then, you know, Instagram came around and and that was just like a fun channel to be able to use all the things I was doing and have kind of a platform to tell people about it. I think, you know, I kind of was even around back when Facebook launched and I think I remember starting a business on Facebook before I even had a website. And I think that's so cool for a young girl to be able to just, you know, run a business before even knowing how to make her own website. Like, I think that's amazing. And I I really always look to these social media platforms with such, like, just really grateful because for me, it taught me so much and allowed me to have so much freedom and and all that. But it wasn't until I moved to New York City, which was about three and a half years ago that I started kind of doing using that, um, I guess being an influencer as a part of my business before it was just you know a hobby, and I was uh, always talking about fashion and photography and all these things. so really, it just kind of all kind of started to mesh together. And that's, that's really when it started to change.
1: In what ways were you able to kind of fuse your expertise and your passion, which was, you know, really photography, visual design, creative design into actually making that a monetizable business? Because I think that that's the biggest thing that a lot of people struggle with is how do I take this thing and actually make money with it, like really be able to do what I love. What if I told you that there was a simple way to get the brand growth and stability that you have been craving? Well, my friends, It is more than possible, and I'm going to be sharing exactly how to do that for 2024 in my brand new free live masterclass. My brand new effortless brand growth masterclass is your clear path to brand strategy for monetization and sustainable growth. During this free live masterclass, I'm going to show you the five strategic steps to boost your brand, enhance visibility, and generate consistent income for lasting success. Now, I made this class especially for you if you lack a solid plan of action, because I hear it. I know that you are tired of the constant money worries. I know that you don't want to continue throwing darts blindfolded and feeling like you're putting in all of these ridiculous hours to just talk to air. And I know that you no longer want to feel like you have this inability to execute on everything that you've learned. So if you're ready, For passive, consistent income, more sustainability and flexibility, and the confidence and clarity to know exactly who you're talking to and that you're producing the content they love, then you are going to love this free masterclass. Now, it is completely free to attend, and I'm going to show you how to create and implement that well-defined strategy, how to create a content plan that aligns with your brand voice, and so much more. This live training is going to help you finally create that time and space that you need to grow exponentially and not just for today, for this entire year and beyond. All you have to do is go to juliesolomon.net slash live to save your free seat. And there's a perk. You also get a free gift for joining me live. It is the Instagram Growth Guide 2024 edition. This is a comprehensive A to Z framework where you're going to learn how to navigate Instagram effectively and optimize your content for maximum visibility and engagement. It is yours completely for free just by joining me live in this free masterclass. I cannot wait for you to walk away with your start to finish brand growth plan, how to create a well-defined brand strategy, the importance of your unique value and your new content planning and monetization tools. Just head on over to juliesolomon.net slash live to save your free seat. I'll see you there. My
0: biggest thing I'm always looking for is like, how am I providing somebody else with value? So whether that's like, you know, you're an expert in fashion and that's like what you share, great. But like where I found my niche was I, I loved creating content and telling stories. And like, just the visual element was my love. And so many brands wanted that. And so I, you know, really just made that my niche and focused like everything I did on that. And that was how I was able to kind of start working with brands. And I remember, you know, I used to create my own campaigns before brands wanted to pay me. And I would try and show them like, look, this is what I would do for you. This is how I would create something that you would like. And that's honestly, that worked for me. That was something that, you know, brands were like, Oh, love it. Like, let's talk more. I think sometimes people are like waiting for somebody to come to them, but really you have to kind of go after it and tell people what you want or what you like or what, how you're going to bring, you know, value to them.
1: Where do you think that that confidence, you know, were you always kind of confident and being able to say, look, this is kind of my uniqueness, right? Like this, I have, you know, I have this eye or this unique take on how I'm going to step into this. Influencer space. Was that confidence something that you had always had, or was it something that you just kind of like, I'm going to give this a go and like figure it out as I go along and see what works and what doesn't?
0: You know what? I still don't always have the confidence, right? Like, I think still, even to this day, even though I'm in the industry and like working, there are still so many things I want and I am trying to go after that I. I get extremely nervous about, but my mom, she's just an incredible businesswoman, And she really like, she has zero fear of asking questions, which I'm like always admired, but it is really hard for me. But as kids, she would always say like, feel the fear and do it anyway. And that was something that like, I literally tell myself every day because, you know, I think in this industry, it's like, you, there are people that just seem unreachable, but you know, really like people are down to have conversations. And I think that's so something I try and always remember. So you know, that's something I'm still working on, but I do think like, you know, confidence comes when like things work and people see value in you. So just like take your time. But like I, I don't know. I'm I think I'm still working on that part, I guess. <laughs>
1: And how do you, um, how do you think that your angle and things, and I, and I guess what I mean by that is that a lot of times people feel like when they get into this thing and they start it, that they kind of need to do what everybody else is doing, or they just kind of mm-hmm. look around to see like, well, this seems to be working for this person, so I'll give that a go. And they don't really take time to figure out what it is that really makes them unique and makes them stand out. How do you think that you were able to, to do that in a way that was unique and was different? What kind of inspired you to march to the beat of your own drum and not kind of look to see what everyone else was doing?
0: I guess for me, like that's something that I've always, this worked for me. As being the odd one out, and I do remember, like when I moved to New York, you know, I wanted to take these photos that were extremely storytelling and and very different than like the everyday street style, and and it was kind of different and kind of weird, but like it kind of felt good to be different. That just is like it worked for me, you know, and and I don't know that like it's so hard to say like would it work again if I did it now, you know, I I don't know, but I think like I really strive to, as a creator, I think the Biggest thing I've learned is like the more you share about your creativity, like the more you grow and the more you can like evolve. So I've always been super open with the way I've come to get to where I am. Like I wrote a book very early on when I got into this industry just about like what I did and why it worked for me because I, I didn't ever feel like it was like some special sauce that like I only could do. I feel like other people could take that in and, and do it on their own, you know? And so I really think like that almost became part of my brand, right? Was like sharing that, encouraging other people to also share. And that kind of just opened like a bubble of creativity that other people weren't thinking about before.
1: And I think one of the other things that always, I guess, when I first kind of really were kind of noticing what you were doing is when you started to create your own products. And the one that I remember the most was your presets. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was really the first time that I saw someone really figure out how to monetize presets in a way that was unique, in a way that really Kind of hit the masses, and I remember at one point being like, "This is a really, really smart idea because it's the one thing that so many bloggers and influencers constantly struggle with." Where did you get the idea to do that? Because I'm sure it was just something that you were naturally doing all the time. But what made you think like, "Hey, I should create this as a service for other people"?
0: Well, I think like that's the one cool part about uh, being an influencer is you have just access to like what people want. You know, so people are constantly telling you what they think, what they want what they, you know, questions they have. And so that was just the number one question I got, like, how do you edit your photos? And so it kind of just was like, well, gosh, I mean, I had of course worked years and years. I was a photographer and like had come up with my, my special sauce. And I, it was a lot to kind of, you know, open that, that door for me, but I just really, I mean, going back to what I said, I remember other photographers that helped me along the way and taught me little things that really just changed my life and so I kind of wanted to open that door so you know I did not think that it would take on the life that it did to be honest that taught me a lot anyway but just I think a lot of our products honestly have come from just listening to you know what people want what questions they have and and that's really such a cool space to work in and, and build products off of
1: was it weird to kind of or at least from my perspective I was like everyone's starting to look like mm-hmm. Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> because all of their presets are the same. How was that journey and, and like kind of seeing that and, and then growing the product line?
0: Definitely like a challenge. I mean, I would say so awesome on one hand, right? Like to just see other people like thriving and killing it, but then also kind of like, well, crap, now I look just like everybody else and, and I, it's hard to stand out. You know, one, it pushed me. I don't know if I would have evolved to where I am today if if I didn't do that. Maybe I would have just, you know, continued being me. And that would have been great. But like, I feel like I've grown so much and really pushed myself, even just creatively to, you know, how do I stand out just not from editing, but just from my style and the way I take photos and things like that. So I think it's it's definitely been um, part of that process. But then, you know, also now being able to, we uh, have launched an app, which is the Tessa app. And like that has been, I think like the coolest thing we've ever done because. One, it was combining, my husband's the developer of the app and he was a computer science major. And so being able to combine something with him that we were both passionate about was amazing. But then also, you know, the presets, were super cool, but at the time, like, you could only use presets if you edited in Lightroom, and it it was, you know, for people that really, really cared, but there was this whole other pool of people who, you know, just wanted to be able to do it on their phone and really quickly, and so we were like, how can we tap into, you know, this other group of people, and so that really is how the app was born, and I think that's of course, an evolution of the presets. So I think that's been definitely the coolest part.
1: And I want to touch more on the app in a minute, but you had said something to me before we started um, the conversation about a challenge that you saw when you were first launching your collage kit and how it actually didn't really sell well in the beginning. And I would love for you to kind of share that story because I think that it's very relatable about how you know, a lot of us tend to, you know, we'll launch something the first time. And if it doesn't go perfect, we're like, oh, well, that was a terrible idea. On to the next thing without really giving it the time to kind of nurture. So I would love to kind of for you to share what your experience with that was with launching the collage kit. Okay. for sponsoring the show. Absolutely,
0: yeah. I mean, I think the collage kit. So you know that idea, I knew was like a great idea. Deep down, it was like something that I could see where this product would be sold. I could, see, I knew like the customer, all these things. So it felt great, you know. And the second we launched it, it had insane reactions of just like, wow, this is such a good idea. That was like. I mean, overwhelming responses about the idea. And so we're like, okay, but why? It just didn't like fly off the shelves, you know? That's our first hard product. When you're doing like, you know, before it's presets, it's online. It's There's no overhead besides your website and stuff like that. So it's easy. But this was like one, a challenge in that way. You know, we had inventory and all this. And so, you know, I really also being like an influencer, you just kind of learn so much about marketing and how many times you have to actually see something before somebody wants to buy it and how many times you have to explain it. And so, you know, when we first launched it, it's like, what, you can't just talk about something for a week and, or for even like a couple of days. It's like people have to see it over and over again. And you really have to like tell somebody why they would want it or why it's like, fun or brings value to them, you know? And so I think like it took us a solid six months of, of really marketing it and getting it in other people's hands and getting people to use it and things like that. And then that's when all of a sudden we saw a big change, but it was super discouraging in the beginning. I think I, we were like, well, I guess people just think it's a cool idea, but they don't really want it. You know what I mean? Oh man,
1: yes. And it is. It's like you do surveys, you get feedback, you talk to people. Everyone's like, this thing is exactly what I want. And then you go and you make it and then no one buys it. And you're just like, what just happened? I know. And yeah, I can totally relate to that. I would love to know what were some of this specific pivots and marketing things that you had to do during that six month period to really get off and going? Like you had mentioned, you know, there's a certain amount of times that people have that you kind of have to like smack people over the head with something before they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is for me. What were some of the things that you did that allowed you to go from not selling as many as you anticipated to actually getting into a consistent flow of selling them? So
0: I think like one was just, you know, it's like when you follow a brand and they're posting like their best coat every day, you're like, Oh, you know what? That is the best coat and I'm going to get it. It's like, I, I think I just didn't realize, you know, even if something's in the, in a photo, it's like, you actually have to speak to it and really talk about it a lot. And also, you know, people just for some reason to me, like things that seem obvious to you aren't always to your audience. So like, People would think it was like a wallpaper or, you know, they didn't understand how to put it up or like all these things. So really just constantly, you know, talking about that, talking about each thing. And then also, you know, who the customer was. It's like, of course the customer, I knew that my community wanted it and they had talked about it and we had like almost created it together in a way but it wasn't until they started to get it and post about it and put it into their lives that I really saw something shift and I remember somebody told me once like I'm gonna get these numbers wrong right now but you used to have to see something like you know three to seven times before you would buy it but now because we see so much every day I think you have to see something like seven to fifteen times which is
1: It's crazy. And and I love that you mentioned that because I think a lot of times people, you know, they have this product or service that they're launching and they're like, well, you know, I don't want to mention it on social media every day or I don't want to email about it multiple times because I don't want to be spammy. I don't want to annoy people. I don't want to bother people. And it's like, no, they need you to bother them. I mean, (laughs) Nordstrom doesn't say that when they're sending us 15 emails a day. You know, it's like and the I reason why these that. right, it's like <laughs> the reason why these massive companies send you 15 emails a day is because they have put in the time, the work and hundreds of thousands of dollars in research and marketing to know that consumers need to see something over and over and over and over again before they buy it. So I love that you that you mentioned that it took you 6 months to really see something that you knew your ideal customer wanted and to get her to actually buy it. Mm-hmm. And I would love to talk a little bit more about um You've because you've mentioned it a couple of times now about your ideal customer. One of the biggest challenges that I see for a lot of creatives that listen to this show is that they have really good ideas, really good products, really good services, but because they don't know who they're talking to, who their ideal customer is, it never takes off. And it leads to so much frustration and burnout and confusion because they're like, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. And I think a lot of times people are like, Well, I have this beauty product and it's for everyone who is interested in beauty. And it's, you know, no, it's not for everyone interested in beauty. Who is it really for? So how were you able to figure out exactly who your ideal customer was so you could really show up and serve her in a way that was sustainable and profitable?
0: Yeah. I think that's an interesting point because like, I think sometimes we make a product because we love it and we think we want it, the customer to be somebody specific that we think, but it might not be that person. So sometimes you like put your hopes in this like basket, but then it ends up being maybe somebody else, if that makes sense. So I think that's something to like pay attention to because I learned that with other products as well. But I think for us, you know, I learned that, you know, my overall following is a little bit older than the collage kit customer. And they're definitely still a part of my uh, following. But once I kind of got it into the right hands, like I think we never really did gifting or, or things like that that, but like the whole influencer marketing thing, but just, we could start to see like who was actually buying it and, you know, where it was going. And so for us, it was definitely towards like the dorm room girl, right? Somebody going to college, somebody that like might already be in college and they're making a little bit of money, but not, you know, have enough money to go, you know, they're not trying to decorate their apartment in New York city. So I think kind of like narrowing it down to even that specific person and then like marketing exactly towards that person was really important. And something we also learned a ton about was like email marketing, you know, and how doing newsletters and things like that for somebody to like see it and like see it in different faces and all that kind of started to kind of pick up for us. And that's when we really started to hone in on our exact customer.
1: Yeah. And I appreciate you bringing up the email list again, because that is something that I constantly, constantly talk about to people when I'm, when they're like, I can't grow or, you know, my product isn't selling. And I'm like, well, how many emails do you send out a week? And they're like, none or one, or I don't really have an email list or I'm not focused on that. Or all of my people are on Instagram. So I don't need to worry about an email list. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like you, you have, you you have have to email. It's so interesting
0: about that because like, I love to shop obviously, (laughs) but like, I never really will buy something from Instagram. It's just way too difficult. And to stay in Instagram, it's just like, such an annoying thing by the time I get to the checkout it's like I might accidentally x out and then it's gone and blah 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 so like emailing I think is the most important thing because that's like when someone's sitting on their computer and they open it up and they'll actually go to the exact website. And that's usually when you see like the purchase go through, I think. And especially for me as a consumer, like that's when I actually buy something. So I think it's like almost a a platform in itself that people feel like is outdated, even Mm -hmm. though we're all on email every day, but like, I think that's a really important platform. And there are so many targeting, like there are so many tools you can use that I think are more specific than just like running an ad on Instagram.
1: Yes. Agreed. Well, and it's for your email list. I mean, those are people who have organically, you know, like they want to be on your email list. They've signed yeah. up. They've raised their hand or and they've said, like
0: purchased from you before. Yeah, like right. so they' are just so many. Yeah,
1: they're going to be a, a like- much warmer audience, and your mm-hmm. click rates, your open rates, which is essentially similar to what an engagement rate would be on social on Instagram, is way higher. Right. Yeah, Twenty, thirty totally. percent, you know, versus. Mm-hmm three on Instagram. So I would love to talk more about the app. If for someone who's never heard of the app or never experienced it, what should they expect by checking it out?
0: So the app is essentially, you know, my vision of the best like photo and video editing presets that make, you know, essentially being an, not even just an influencer, but somebody who cares about editing and making things beautiful just as easy as possible on the go. And really like we do focus on Instagram, right? Like how can you make your Instagram stories just all branded like your own thing that all look the same and be cohesive and beautiful. And and that's really kind of what the app is about. And, you know, we have so many plans for the app right now It's in really focusing on, you know, the editing technique, but I think the future of the app, you know, everyone is such supportive of each other that use the app, if that makes sense. So there's a Tessa app community on Instagram that exists. And I think they kind of like, like, and share each other's photos and ask each other what presets they're using, you know? So there is like also a community within it.
1: I love that. And I love how it it's service-based, but then it's also community-based. What is next for you in terms of coming up? Is there anything that you can share with us that we can start to get excited about?
0: so many things i'm trying to think of what i'm allowed to talk about one thing i think that i'm really excited about is i have always been and this is maybe something i think is interesting because it's something i'm learning but when i work on products i really don't talk about them much before and because i'm like nervous or still working through the kinks or Or things like that. But I've actually been learning that if you kind of share your process and take people along with you, you're gonna dip over so many mistakes that you would have made if you didn't. And so that's really something that I'm trying to work on. And for the app, especially, we have a lot of plans of, you know, just how to open the creative circle essentially. And everything we do is about you know, giving other people tools to be creative, but also like pass it on, you know, we really, I think that's something that, you know, that's the reason we built the collage kit is to make your space a work of art. And that's why we have the app to kind of like, you know, help you curate your own style and things like that. So everything we're doing is really going towards that. And I, I have so many ideas for the community of the Ted's app, but I'm really going to start to involve everyone in helping me um, build that, which I'm excited about. And we're also diving more into the fashion world, but I don't know how much I'm allowed to really talk about the yet. but it's a nice,
1: little teaser. Yes. Awesome. What has been your biggest win and your biggest challenge of the last year? Gosh, such a good question.
0: I guess biggest challenge is when you start out in this business, I think being an entrepreneur, you know, if you work with yourself, it's like so fun. The little successes are so great because you feel like, wow, I did that like on my own. This is so cool. But when you're really trying to build a brand, like right now I'm trying to think of my five, 10 year plan, which is something I've never really done. I've been kind of just like on the go, like making things work, but really trying to build a business and hire people and and make these big, big decisions that are scary. That is like something that I feel like is my challenge every single day right now, um, especially this year, just really trying to make smart decisions. So that's my challenge. Any any advice is welcome. Um, but Successes, I think would just be, you know, the app. I think we finally kind of hit a stride where the app is something that I see such a future for. And before it was really just for fun and something I made my community, but it's expanded beyond that. And it's something that, you know, is, is actually people use the app that don't know who I am, which I'm like, yes, this is so cool. I actually have a product
1: that's just like
0: out in the world. And I think that's really exciting. That is really exciting.
1: And then what would be the biggest piece of inspiration and like really tactical advice that you would give someone that's listening who may just be starting out, or maybe they've been at this for a while and they're just kind of like hitting that, that plateau that they feel stuck. What has helped you in the past that could potentially help them?
0: Yeah, I think one, just don't quit. Like I promise if you're consistent, like things will come. I think sometimes people forget I've been on Instagram since the day it came out and I was posting every single day since then. So it's not like one day I woke up and I just had this, you know, brand and these things. It's like, I've been doing this for a lot of years. And I think maybe this might not be your exact path. Like this isn't going to be your end goal, but figure out kind of think bigger and think what's the, your bigger overall goal. And then you can start, you know, spreading it across other sort of maybe Instagram, YouTube. There are so many other kind of platforms out there. And if you can kind of see where, how else you can bring value to those within your same idea like that, you'll find a groove, I think. And just really, you know, I know this sounds cliche, but I think being social in social media, I think sometimes we just like exist on it, but we're not actually, you know, working with other people or talking to other people and and actually using the platform to be social. And I think that's like the biggest part. That's really Mm -hmm. where I found a lot of success was when I just started, you know, meeting these people and talking to these people and, and, and all sharing information. I think people are much more willing to sit down and and talk with
1: you than you would think. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. Okay. Where can people find the app, the collages, all the other great stuff, and then find you on Instagram, on all the socials?
0: Yes. So um, you can shop all of our products on shopteza.com and you can find the app in the app store. It's just called Teza. And we're also releasing the Android app very, very soon. I'm not going to give an exact date because you never know, but literally... Before 2020, it's coming. Hey, um, that's our number one ask question. So, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, and then just Tezza on Instagram and Buy Teza on Instagram is where all of our products are.
1: Awesome. Well, guys, you know the drill. Tezza and I want to hear what you loved most about this episode. We want to get your feedbacks, your aha moments, any other questions that you want to dive deeper into. So, you can find us on Instagram. Definitely screenshot this episode, tag me, tag Tezza. Let us know what you love the most. We love to share those stories on our stories. So thank you so much, Tezza. It has been so fun to have you on and to finally get to dive deeper with you on all of the incredible things that you've done and just your really authentic journey through creating a really unique online creative business. Oh gosh, you're
0: so sweet. Thank you so much for having me on. I can't wait to listen and I'm going to go check out all the rest of your episodes now. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so
1: much. All right, my friends. I hope that you loved that episode with Teza as much as I did. If you did, of course, I would love to hear about it. So all you have to do is screenshot today's episode, tag me in it, let me know what your biggest takeaway was, and if you're feeling a little jazzy, you could also rate and review the podcast. I love to review what you're sharing about the podcast because it kind of helps me navigate and direct on the future content that I create for you. And so by leaving a review, letting me know what you like, what you don't like, what you want more of, it really does allow me to bring the best content to you that I possibly can. And with that, my friends, it's not just what we're doing here on the podcast, but what actually comes out of this platform, because it's one thing to listen to podcasts every single week and absorb a bunch of content, but it's another thing to actually apply it, which is why I am doing a incredible free masterclass coming up soon in about a week. All you have to do is go to juliesolomon.net slash live to get all of the details. But essentially, I am hosting a free masterclass to help you build your brand with ease and five simple steps. Really this year to me, it is all about simplicity. It is all about ease. And most importantly, it is about sustainability. So I have a brand new free live masterclass that is all about brand sustainability and bringing that to you in about a week. So I don't want you to miss that. So head on over to juliesolomon.net slash live to check it out, see if it's for you and to of course, save your free seat. I'm also going to be giving you an incredible bonus just by joining me live and a lot of other amazing perks. So you will not want to miss that. That's juliesolomon.net slash live. And with that, my friends, I will see you next week. Same time, same place. As always, thank you so much for joining me today. And every week here on the Influencer Podcast. If you're wanting to dive deeper into the topics and discussions that we have here, I would encourage you to head over to solomon.net and sign up for my weekly newsletter. It is in our amazing newsletter community that we are able to really support you on a much larger scale. And I love to do a ton of amazing things that I send inside your inbox every single week. So just head over to solomon.net You'll see a little spot there that you can add your information in and you will get on the list and start receiving all of that good stuff.